This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey Gumshoes, welcome to episode number 11 of Detect This here on Film Geek Radio. This is our podcast devoted exclusively to the HBO series True Detective. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined by my fellow detective, Charlie Nash. Hey, Andrew. We're back, Charlie. It feels so good to be back, Andrew. So, so good. I, I've missed you, Charlie. I've missed you, too. It, it's been a very long year and a half without you. It has. It has. Uh, for, for those of you that, that don't know, that are maybe new listeners, uh, Detect This is a weekly podcast all about the HBO series True Detective. And uh, Charlie, you and I are going to talk about the upcoming season of True Detective uh, in, in just a moment. Uh, this is kind of just a, an introductory episode, I guess you could say, to, to season two of True Detective and Season 2 of Detect This. Uh, but before we get to that, I just I, I want to give a brief rundown and, and just a brief bit of background as to how we have reached this point, Charlie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so last year, in the uh, spring of 2014, I was running Film Geek Radio, uh, our network of podcasts, and we did Detect This, which was our, our podcast on True Detective, and it was by far our, our most popular podcast, hands down. Absolutely. By far. Uh, we were blown away by all the support. And uh, after True Detective finished, uh, Charlie, you and I decided we wanted to do another podcast, and we decided to do one on the HBO series The Leftovers, which yes. premiered at the end of, of June last summer. So we did a show called The Tupperware Party, and uh, we got a little over halfway through the season. Yeah. And then, as you know, as listeners of Detective This can attest, sometimes our lives get busy and we get delayed. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, so last August, I started my first full year as a high school English teacher. And uh, I, I don't know if you understand this about teachers, Charlie, but uh, we have no lives. <laughs> we, we have no time at all during the school year. So uh, we, we actually recorded episodes of the Tupperware Party that were never released because I did not have time to edit them. Well, neither did I. I mean, don't... The, my fault too, Andrew. I mean, I was moving and, you know, I started getting new gigs in Boston and uh, was doing film criticism a lot. So don't, it don't take all the heat. I have a bit of responsibility in this too. So we wanted to say sorry about yes. that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, for, for any of you listeners out there who were just like, hey, what happened to the Tupperware party? You know, did you guys die? You just kind of <laughs> dropped off the face of the earth. Well, but that's, that's what happened. Okay. Life happened as it often does. And I'm actually, I'm hoping to edit and release those episodes of the Tupperware party yes. <laughs> at some point over the next couple of weeks because, you know, better late than never. You know, uh, it's yeah. It's possible no one will listen to them and, and <laughs> it's it's too late but i i want to go ahead and at least try to to get them out there our voices will be out there at the least <laughs> yes yeah. yes and you know season two of the leftovers is set to premiere this this fall but again i'm not sure if i'm gonna have time to do a weekly podcast on that once the new school year rolls around so i, I don't want to commit to that just yet but, you know, after all the support that our listeners had for Detect This, I really wanted to follow the new season of True Detective. And it worked out because season two ended up being pushed back to the summer, where I have a little bit more time. So here we are. Yes. And I, I don't know about you, Andrew. I'm extremely excited for this Sunday's uh, season two premiere. 
I'm also excited. Um, and for those of you that don't know, season two of True Detective, it is set to premiere this Sunday, June 21st. And if this is your first time listening to Detect This, basically here's how the show goes on a weekly basis. Okay, True Detective airs Sunday nights at 9, and we are going to do our best to record on Mondays or Tuesdays if possible mm-hmm. and have the episodes out by Wednesday. That is that is the goal, to have the episodes out by Tuesday or Wednesday uh, at the latest. And there will probably be delays, as there always are, you know. But it's a commitment that we're going to try and stick to, right, Andrew? That That's our goal. That's yeah. our goal, okay? And in terms of the format, how the show works is, well, you know, we usually start by going over any iTunes reviews that we receive during the week. And uh, if you leave us a five-star review, we will make you an honorary member of the Detect This team. We we sincerely appreciate all your support. Yeah, Absolutely. You, you have no idea. And uh, after that, we will dive right into our analysis of that week's episode. And you need to know up front, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, okay? You should... Only listen to Detect This after you've seen the episode of True Detective that we're going to be discussing. Uh, otherwise, we will probably ruin it for you. But but we've warned you, so it's not our fault. Uh, no blood is on our hands at this point. <laughs> yes, you have been warned. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our discussion usually lasts around 30 to 45 minutes, and then we go over listener emails and voicemails. You can email the show at detectthis at filmgeekradio.com or leave us a voicemail by calling 336-793-2509, and we will do our best to, to cover that on the program. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear what you think of the show. So please write in or leave us a voicemail and uh, let us know what you think. And and we'll get to that on the show. And uh, that's basically what you can expect. That's how the show is going to go from week to week. And we're going to, we're going to keep it pretty similar to what we did last year. So uh, in keeping with that format, before we, we dive into what we know about season two of true detective and what, what we want, what we expect, I want to start with a few iTunes reviews, okay? I'm I'm not going to read them uh, like we usually do, but Charlie, we actually got some iTunes ratings and reviews during the break between seasons, okay? We've we've gotten tweets and emails from people who discovered True Detective and this podcast after season one finished airing. People have written us to say that they really enjoyed binge-watching season one and and listening to our podcast after each episode. Specifically, I want to give a shout-out to Hooker Jim, Joss Rack, and E. Caravello 3. Thank you so much for your iTunes reviews and and being part of the Detect This team. We are honored that you choose to listen to us. We we really appreciate the support. Uh, Yeah, it it really means the world to us. Yeah, I mean, we got messages from people saying, hey, I am... Binge watching True Detective, okay? I'm watching a few episodes every day, and I am stopping after each episode to listen to Detect This. And I, I, I can't believe that you would choose to do that. Uh, I, I don't know why you'd want to listen to us that much and, and binge listen to our voices, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. We appreciate it. I am utterly flattered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, but let's move on to, to our introduction. To season two of True Detective. So, Charlie, to start off, I just want to ask you, what do you know about this new season? Okay, what should people be aware of? And, you know, if, if you know any spoilers or you know a lot of details about what's going on, I'd say try to keep that to a minimum. Yeah, I don't know any I don't know any spoilers, but what I do know is that instead of um, a Southern Gothic setting, it's taking place in L.A., 
Um, the main actors starring in this season are Colin Farrell, Vince Vaughn, Rachel McAdams, and Taylor Kitsch, who are all actors I generally like most of the time. I mean, I, I adore Rachel McAdams. Uh, I love Colin Farrell. I haven't really seen Taylor Kitsch in anything. I haven't seen Friday Night Lights. Um, I haven't seen John Carter. I haven't seen, like, anything he's been in except for that movie Savages with Oliver Stone that he was apparently in. But honestly, that movie has faded from my memory for the most part, so I don't really remember him. But I know that he's got a lot of defenders out there. I mean, like, wasn't he in, like, three box office flops in a row in the same year? And then that kind of, like, put his career on hold up until now? Yeah, he was in John Carter and Battleship, which totally flopped. Yeah. And then his, I guess his film career kind of stalled, but yeah, I, I'm interested to see his turn in, in True Detective and kind of see how he handles a darker type of show. Yeah. And you're right, Charlie, in, in case people don't know, True Detective is an anthology show. So yes. you do not have to have seen season one of True Detective to watch season two. They are completely disconnected as far as I'm aware. They might be thematically linked somehow, but in terms of characters and storyline, as far as we know, there's going to be really no link between the seasons. I wouldn't be surprised if we get, like, a cute little Easter egg. Well, cute, I'm not sure it'll be cute because it's True Detective, but, you know, like, maybe a wink here and there. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to be its own thing because Kerry Fuganagua, who uh, did season one, um, is not directing the episodes, any episodes this season. In fact, Justin Lin, who recently did... Uh, he didn't do Fa uh, Fast and Furious 7, but he did 5 and 6, and I believe he's directing Star Trek 3 is doing a couple episodes this season. It's not all. I believe Kerry Fuganagua directed every episode last season. They are not even sticking with one director this season, but I believe for the most part they're directed by Justin Lin, which is an interesting choice because the vibe that I got from the trailer is that this is a very gritty, dark season, much like the first one, but it's going to be um, during... It's going to be taking place uh, within some pretty seedy parts of L.A. And Fast Five and Furious Six are like enormous cartoons that could not be they could not take place in any sort of reality whatsoever so like it's interesting to me and i think he's a stylish director i i enjoyed those two installments um that and the seventh one were the only furious movies i saw i think he did the third one too which is uh tokyo drift he did three through six oh okay i haven't seen three or four i've only i started with five and then went up from there haven't gone back um, but Nick Pizzolatto wrote all the episodes this season, too. Oh, the other thing I forgot to mention is Vince Vaughn is a peculiar choice to star in this show because he's been a dramatic actor before and he's played a cop before. Um, if you, I don't know if you saw the very bizarre uh, movie uh, called The Cell, Andrew. I did indeed. And I have to tell you, Charlie, I was not very impressed by Vince Vaughn in that film. I haven't seen it in years, but, like, why weren't you impressed? What do you remember of his performance? Because I honestly, the only thing I remember about that movie is, like, Vince Vaughn getting his intestines, like, ripped out and put on, like, a spinning thing by Vincent D'Onofrio. It was a gruesome movie, to say the least. I don't know if it was just because I'm so used to seeing Vince Vaughn in comedies, but for whatever reason, I, re I remember watching watching The Cell and just not buying him as a police officer. Something about his performance just did not work for me. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how he plays uh, a, a cop. 
now that it's been, you know, like almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm not even sure. I might be wrong about that. I'm not sure he plays a cop. He might play a bad guy. That's it true. says it's involving three police officers. So I, and I know Rachel McAdams is one. I'm assuming Colin Farrell is another because he just looks like it from the images. Also, quick note about Colin Farrell real quick. Did you see Miami Vice, Andrew, the Michael Mann film? I have not seen that. I've been meaning to see that because I've heard people tell me that it's actually really good. It's extremely underrated. I mean, I'm a Michael Mann fan, and uh, I think that's one of the most his most underrated movies in the past 10 years or so. He looks almost exactly like that character he played in Miami Vice. <laughs> like, down through the mustache to the hair... Like, I, I'm sure he'll be going undercover and he'll probably be like, you know, put, putting on different looks here and there. But like, from what I've seen in the trailers, he looks like he's playing that exact same character. Yeah, I've actually, you know, I've avoided reading the press releases about this season. And, and I know that HBO has said, you know, they, they've given basic information about the characters that all these actors are playing. I've avoided all that. I don't know who's playing who. I don't know what the story is. I assume there's going to be some sort of murder that, that has to be solved like there was in season one. But honestly, I have no idea. I've seen the first teaser trailer. Which has very, which has like no dialogue in it, right? Yes. All I got from that trailer is that this season will have a lot of dramatic staring. (laughs) so i'm curious to see if that's what the show is really like if it's just a bunch of people just mopily staring off into the distance you know dealing with their existential angst well i'm looking at metacritic right now and it has uh metacritic by the way is a website that um takes reviews and uh gives them you know basically accumulates whatever number of stars or letter grades and puts it into a number out of 100 whatever it usually equals uh, it has a 62 right now. Uh, it has six positive reviews, six mixed reviews, and zero negative reviews. The good reviews state, like Matt Zollerseis basically says, it's kind of like uh, Michael Mann Light, which is fine with me. Uh, I even like Black Hat, which a lot of people didn't like this year. Um, and the negative reviews have basically stated what you're concerned about, Andrew, which is it's a lot of self-pitying and emoting, and it's taking itself a little too seriously, and that there's... The, you know, as grim as the first season was, there was uh, a dark sense of humor, especially, you know, between the chemistry with the relationship between uh, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey that apparently, you know, apparently this is from what I'm gathering going to be more of a crime drama in terms of like cops for in terms of like, you know, cops versus bad guys. From what I can understand, I don't think it's going to be so much of a murder mystery. I could be wrong about that. But I've also read that Rachel McAdams is apparently the standout, and even when her character is forced to to uh, say lines that are just a little too grim and self-serious, that apparently, like, even though it should be pulpier than it is, she sells this character and is, from what I've heard, the, uh, the, gives the best performance out of the entire ensemble. I agree, Charlie. I'm glad to hear that she's getting good reviews, and I'm glad that they have her in a, in a in a prominent role, because that was one of the big criticisms of the first season of True Detective, was that it was just such a male-dominated show, and it mm-hmm. often seemed like there weren't a lot of... There wasn't a lot of stuff for the female characters to really do. Apparently, I read some blurb, some really quick article on AV Club. Apparently, there's going to be some kind of orgy scene this season, which doesn't surprise me, but 
An orgy in California? You're kidding. I know. It's the strangest thing in the world. <laughs> in LA, of all places. Uh, <laughs> but here's the other thing, Andrew. I feel like a lot of um, TV writing has, uh, even since we've come out, I feel like a lot more people are, even since we did our first podcast, I feel like even more writing is being done about TV. Uh, the most recent season of Game of Thrones just ended, and a lot of people have been talking about how female characters have been badly treated on that show, and I have to agree. I do. I am hoping that uh, Rachel McAdams does take center stage here and is a strong female character and doesn't get sexually assaulted. You know, I feel like that's all I've been reading about whenever I've been lo- reading about Game of Thrones is how women are mistreated, and I have to agree with that, and I just hope that, you know, we're able to talk about something other than what people already know, which is that, you know, TV shows can be unabashedly sexist, and it's kind of awful. Right, right. And, you know, I I think there's valid points to be made on both sides of the Game of Thrones discussion. Mm -hmm. And I think last year when we did, when we talked about season one of True Detective, I think you and I both agreed, Charlie, that, yeah, it was kind of a shame that Michelle Monaghan's character didn't really have much to do a lot of the time. But I think we also agreed that it it somehow seemed appropriate for the type of show that True Detective is. Yeah, well, it was dealing with... The first season dealt with misogyny as an issue in society, and I feel like sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. There was, uh, if I recall, one character who met, you know, Woody Harrelson a few years after she was interviewed uh, by him, and then was nothing other than a plot device for him to cheat on Michelle Monaghan with, and she had, like, no personality whatsoever. At other times where it dealt with violence against women, I felt like it was more, I don't want to say tastefully done, but I remember that, like, we were talking about the murder scenes, how the women might have been naked, but it wouldn't always linger on full front, you know, graphic nudity. Yeah, I don't know what kind of stuff is going to be in this season. I, I Let's just hope that Rachel McAdams doesn't get into Love Triangle. Just I'm, I'm just so sick of that kind of shit. Out of curiosity, Charlie, have you rewatched season one? You know, I haven't, but um, it stuck with me. I continued to talk about it with people, obviously. You know, uh, I told people about the show, and, you know, people are always eager to talk to me about it. I've thought about the show a lot. I The only reason I haven't rewatched it, Andrew, is because I rarely have time to rewatch anything unless it's an episode that we're going to talk about before we record, because there's just so much TV out there. I mean, you know, Orange is the New Black, I've barely gotten started in. People are apparently already done, despite the fact that it came out like a week ago, less than a week ago. Uh, you know, Hannibal's on. It's just, it, it's just, um, and on top of that, you know, I'm a film critic who goes to, you know, two or three screenings a week. Uh, so I see a lot of movies too. So it's not that I didn't want to revisit it. It's just that I've always been kind of preoccupied with something that I haven't seen yet. Have you rewatched it at all? I have not, and there's a part of me that wants to maybe try to binge watch it this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, just just because you know we're we're going to be talking about season two pretty in depth, and I'm curious to see if there are any thematic connections between the two seasons or, or anything that seems to be like a recurring idea or motif that Nick Pizzolatto wants to wants to keep returning to. And, yeah. And so so I might revisit at least some of season one before this Sunday, just to kind of remind myself if I have time, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I might not get around to it, but, but I'm, I'm thinking about it. The one part of season one that I hope they improve upon this, this time around is, you know, I mean, it was a murder mystery. So of course we couldn't know who the villain was, but I wanted a little more depth out of like, first of all, they revealed him to us before, uh, 
you know, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey even found him, which annoyed me. But it was only for one episode, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But I hope that if we do get a villain and this is some sort of crime drama, not so much a murder mystery, I hope that they're able to flesh out the antagonist, who I assume may be Vince Vaughn. Maybe. I have no idea. Which it will be interesting, because I can't recall the last time Vince Vaughn has played a villain. Except in, like, Starsky and Hutch, which was a comedy that was made 11 years ago. I don't know. Some of his movies have left me pretty angry at him. Uh, yeah. Did you see Unfinished Business? It's one of the worst movies of the year. Oh, He God. might as well be a villain in some of those movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It's also interesting, wasn't he and Rachel McAdams? He and Rachel McAdams were in Wedding Crashers, right? Yes. To, to kind of wrap things up, Charlie, you know, I, I get the impression, we're, you know, we're both looking forward to season two of True Detective. Is there anything you are concerned about? Is there anything that gives you pause and kind of makes you go, oh, I don't, I don't know about this. I, I don't know if this is going to be as good as season one. Well, season one was really dark, but never in a way that felt like I turned on the TV and was going, Ugh, I have to wallow through all this muck and existential dirt. Like, it, oh, the darkness felt earned for the mood and the atmosphere and the story they were telling. From what I've read about the reviews, apparently it's even moodier, and I just hope that it's not so grim that it just becomes unpleasant. Those are my concerns. How about yours, Andrew? Well, you touched on this earlier, Charlie. So Justin Lin is directing the first two episodes of this season, and then they are going to pass the torch over to some different directors. There have been rumors that Andrew Dominic and William Friedkin may have directed a few episodes. Oh, wow. I'm a, I'm totally on board for William Friedkin. Andrew Dominic, I've only seen Kill Me, Killing Me Softly, which I had mixed feelings about, but I all, but didn't he also do Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, which yes. I'm sad to say I haven't seen and I've heard is one of the most underrated films of the past, you know, several years. He's a really intriguing filmmaker, and it, it'll definitely be interesting to see what the result is if if he and William Friedkin uh, directed episodes of the season. But regardless, I, I'm a little bit concerned that they're not having one director do it all because I think one of the, the things that made season one so great is the fact that it, it really felt like a coherent, unified vision. Mm -hmm. It felt almost more like a miniseries than a season of television in some ways. And I guess based on the fact that this is only eight episodes, too, this is they seem to be kind of going for that. So I, I agree. It is kind of bizarre that they didn't stick with one guy the entire time. So are you worried that the tone is going to get jumbled or? Well, I mean, see, season one, just every every episode felt visually and stylistically coherent and felt like mm -hmm. like it was all linked together. I am a little bit concerned that this season will feel a little bit more disjointed just due to the inherent nature of having different people direct different episodes. Um, and also the reason from what little I've read that, that they don't have, they're, they're not doing this whole single director thing this season is because there was some tension on set last time between Nick Pizzolatto and Carrie Fukunaga. Yeah. I have heard Nick Pizzolatto is not an easy man to work with. Right. Yeah, and it you know I know I know that True Detective season one was kind of like his baby, and you know he was a professor, and then this he he wrote a, a novel, and then he wrote True Detective, and it got picked up, and uh, it was kind of lightning lightning in a bottle, 
And I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of doubtful that he'll be able to recapture that same kind of magical yeah. sense of, of just everything coming together like he did in season one. You know, there was all that stuff in season one about the Yellow King and Carcosa and all these literary references and all these illusions. And, and it, you know, that's part of why the show caught on was that the internet went crazy with all these theories and all this mythologizing. I am concerned that, I, again, I don't know if season two is going to get into that sort of stuff. I think it would be easy if you realized, oh, people really liked that in season one. I, I think it'd be easy to maybe try and force a lot of that. Yeah. Which mm, could backfire. Yeah. So it's, it's just going to be, it, I, I think it's just going to be a different type of season. I, th- I think we're probably going to come away saying that was nothing like season one at all. And yeah. I think that will probably be a good thing in, in the long run. Yeah, I'll take something that's flawed but different over a rehash of something that we saw already. So Right. I, I don't I don't want this to just be like a movie sequel where it's like, well now we have to do the same thing but bigger. You know, yeah. that that backfires. I, I want to see something that's different and just its own unique thing. And I think because this is an anthology show, hopefully that's that's what they'll be able to do. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, going back to Kerry Fuganaga, too, is, like, as much as Nick Pizzolatto's writing was good in season one, Kerry Fuganaga, like, his direction was pretty amazing. I mean, that one episode, I think it's episode four, where that whole, where Matthew McConaughey is escaping from the huge police raid, that's not, that's not writing. That was all Fuganaga's camera work and, you know, stylistic decisions. So, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I hope that, like, if we go from Justin Lin to William Friedkin, I mean, those are two very different filmmakers. That's the guy who's been doing, you know, that not just in terms of age, but like, you know, William Friedkin did the French connection and the exorcist and bug and killer Joe and Justin Lin did the fast and the furious movies. And when you think about that, it's kind of, I I agree. It's a little concerning to think, how are these two going to have the same vision for an eight episode basic miniseries. I mean, it is a season of television, but since they're separate stories, they almost play like miniseries. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to watch, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out, you know, for better or worse. Last question, Charlie. What do you want from season two? If you could have one thing in season two, what would it be? Uh, I mean, this is, I, I kind of said it already, and this is kind of a, just a general <laughs> wish, but I just want a really badass Rachel McAdams. I want her to have an arc that does not require her to be sexually abused and then to recover from it unless it's really well done. But, like, I I prefer it if she could just remain a strong female character throughout and go through some sort of dramatic arc without the cheap, uh, exploitative, well, she could get raped scenario. Because I feel like, not to go back to Game of Thrones real quick, that's been happening with a lot of female characters on television as of late. So, yeah. If I could have one thing, I want something unique. I, I want I want something kind of like what we got with the Russ Cole character in season one, where he's you know he's he's like making uh, people out of beer cans. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's saying things like "time is a flat circle." You know, I I want those little bits of weirdness. Yeah, that is the other thing, and I meant to comment on this too, real quick. 
I, from what I've read, both good reviews and bad reviews, both of them are saying, we have no idea where this is going. Like, most reviews are based on the first three episodes, and whether they dislike it or like it, they say, they, they, they stated that because of the first season's, you know, murder mystery and all those theories involving the Yellow King, and it's what got people wrapped up, they're say, what I've heard is that it doesn't have that sort of, uh, intrigue or, like, mystery, you know, that sort of, uh, theory um inspiring kind of uh story this time around which is fine it's just that they're kind of saying that i think this is going to be a much slower burn than season one and season one already did take its time but not in a bad way that dragged just in a way that it was already slow so i don't i i have no idea what could you know be so slow about this especially based on the footage we've seen which all looks like intense you know standoffs and as you said emoting but <laughs> right. And I know, you know, critics have only seen three episodes of the new season. So anything could happen. You know, we don't yeah. really know what to expect. And that was one of the good things about season one was that we got to the finale and we were like, OK, this could stay a traditional murder mystery or it could just go off the deep end into just weird science fiction territory and either would seem appropriate. <laughs> oh my god, if it turned into a sci-fi thing, that would be insane. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we didn't know, like, what's the deal with the Yellow King? Is it really some sort of monster? Is there something supernatural going on? There were all those elements in Season 1, and that did kind of lead to a really great ending where you you didn't know, like, where what is the show? What is the genre of True Detective? And I think it'll be interesting to see if Season 2 tries to mix certain genres in the same way what if it pulls like uh those la on one of those la ensemble film type of tropes where like in shortcuts or magnolia like all of a sudden in the last episode earthquake or raining frogs and like <laughs> everybody just dies like in that none. would be awesome that yeah would, that would be fantastic <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's interesting. I mean, like, I remember when Hannibal started, everyone was kind of like, yeah, it's a solid crime show. And then by the end of season one, they were like, oh, my God, this is the best thing on television. And then by season two, it was just perfection. So it's interesting how the reviews are only about the first three. So once we get to episode four, Andrew, those reviews are basically going to be all caught up with us and we're not even going to know where we stand. You know, it's it, TV criticism is interesting compared to film criticism in some ways compared to that. Cause who knows, maybe the first three episodes suck and then it will be a miracle. I don't know. I remember that when we did the leftovers last year, I was so ready to give up and then it, gave us some of the best TV of like last year through some of the uh, certain episodes. So yeah, we, we will see anything else you want to say about season two. Uh, I can't wait for Sunday, man. Yeah, I'm, I am excited. I'm excited to watch season two of true detective. And I am also excited to be back on detect this talking about it with you, Charlie. Same here, Andrew. All right. Well, that will wrap it up for this episode. We will love to get your feedback on the show. Let us know. What are you looking forward to? in season two of true detective what do you want to see what are you worried about don't forget you can call us at 336-793-2509 to leave us a voicemail you can also email us at detect this at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com be sure to subscribe to the show through itunes and stitcher if you liked this episode please write us a review that really helps us get the word out about the show you can also donate to us through the website we really appreciate your help charlie where can people find you online 
You can follow me on Twitter at ctnash91, that's C-T-N-A-S-H-91, and you can find uh, various uh, film reviews and essays that I've written on various websites uh, such as Movie Mezzanine, Edge on the Net, Cinematic Essential, and All Things Horror. I'm Andrew Johnson. I don't have as much time to to write about TV and film as I used to. You will occasionally find some pieces of mine at moviemezzanine.com, but the best way to... Uh, Follow me is just to follow me on Twitter and letterboxed at writer Andrew. Uh, and if you do follow me, be sure to send me a message. Let me know you're a listener, and I will be sure to follow you back. Also, real quick, I'm on Letterboxd, too. Same name. <laughs> All right. <Yeah. laughs> I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Charlie Nash. And we'll see you next time on Detect This. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!